in nature, what we find, our, and in ourselves too, God has developed this thing called a fight or flight tenacity in us. Some people were fighting. Well, I want to sit with my friends, or I want to sit with my boyfriend or girlfriend. Or, you know, there's that fight in you. And other people were just flighting, like, okay, I'll just do whatever they tell me to and whatever. I really highly respect our first responders that we have uh, that are the ones that are going to the dangerous zones or the danger, going into the danger. When most people are fleeing, we had 9-11 happen not, not too long ago, and it's a great reminder to me that, you know, when those buildings were on fire, there was a lot of people that were running towards the danger versus running away from it. And I really respect them for that. And, and some people have more of a fight in them, and some people have more of a flight in them. And what I want to look at this morning, and what I'm titling this message, is fight or flight. And the, the way I read the Bible, and, and, and I believe that we are to live our life in a balanced way, the, the Bible itself is, is very balanced, and I try to live my life that way. I encourage you to live your life that way also. And the Word of God tells us to fight, and the same Word of God tells us to flee. First Timothy, my boy Tim, <laughs> kind of partial to that name, I don't know. First Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight. For the true faith, hold tightly to the eternal life in which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. I'm not sure if you figure this out yet, but there will be times, if you haven't experienced one yet, there will be times when you have to fight for your faith. The enemy of our soul, his motives are, are three motives. To steal, kill, and destroy. So if you are seeing something in your life that is wanting to be stolen from you, that is wanting to be, that is killed or destroyed, we might know who is behind that a little bit, right? And this isn't a joke here. This is, you know, he would love nothing better than to trip you up and have you lose your focus or get distracted. Because once we're, our focus is off, once we're distracted with these things that really don't matter, but they matter to us. So how do, how do we balance that? How do we balance that? Well, they matter to me, but can we submit them to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what matters to you? What do you, what do you want with this? Then what happens is we tend to mess up. When we're losing our focus a bit, we tend to mess up on things. We don't hit, the, we don't hit that standard that we know God has called us to. And then when we mess up, when we hear this voice, oh, you're not really a Christian. Oh, you mess up. How can you be a leader if, you, if, you're, if you're doing that type of thing? And it's just this constant thing that we have to fight to press through those different things and, and fight to, to hold on to our faith. And if, even if you don't understand what God might be doing, we need to have faith that he has good plans for us to bring himself glory. Now, just because they're good plans doesn't mean that they're always going to be enjoyable for us. But I know that in my own life, when I've had struggle plans and these struggles in my life, that 
afterwards, it's so much easier to see that fruit that was developed from that than being in the middle of it. But Paul says, hold tightly to the eternal faith in which God has called you. There is so much in this world that wants to take your focus or derail your faith. The, the world wants, to, it wants you to tone it down. Hey man, you're a little bit too on fire. Let's, you know, look what they did to Moses. Moses was in the glory of God, right? He comes down off the mountain. They're like, whoa man, put a veil over that. They want us to tone it down. They want us to water it down. They want to compromise the standard, the world, the word of God says that we should be living by. Hold tightly to God's word. Hold tightly to your faith. So there's different ways that we can fight. And I'm going to look at Ephesians 6.10. Why don't you turn on or open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians. What was that? Ephesians 6.10. This is a, a verse, a passage very dear to my heart. When the Lord called me into ministry when I was around eight years old, he said, I want you to be a pastor and I want you to read this verse in front of the whole camp. I'm like, what? I can't read that well. I can barely pronounce Ephesians. But as Ephesians 6.10 and following says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in his might. Too many times we want to read that verse and we want to say, I am strong. I am strong. But that's not what this verse is saying. It says, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. We can do this by knowing his word, by having relationship with him. Get to know the personhood of God. He is a wonderful person that wants to have a close and meaningful relationship with us. The next thing we can do is put on the armor of God. So Ephesians 6.11, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the schemes of the devil. Notice it says the whole armor of God. Has anyone ever forgotten to put on a belt? Come on, let's, let's be honest now. I want to see some hands. All right, thank you, Tiffany, for Represent the ladies over here, okay? Oh, we got a couple other, okay. I mean, how annoying is that? Maybe, you know, you just put on, you know, you just took your clothes out of the laundry or the laundry room, depends where you keep your clothes. But um, they freshly washed jeans, they fit nice and tight. You're in a rush, you're almost late to class or something and you forget to put on that belt. But after running up the hill, all of a sudden it gets loose and you're kind of doing a Chris Farley type of impression, you know, like, okay, praise God, you know, worship you, Lord, and everything, you know. Okay. How silly would it be to watch a, a, a video of soldiers on a battlefield and watching a guy trying to run from one location to another going like this the whole time? Now, I know it's a style to wear your pants in that way, and I'm not judging you with that, okay? But I'm just, I'm just thinking, let, let's just... You know, off of what Paul, he's looking at the, uh, how the, the Romans were, were dressed for battle and everything. And, and you know, how, how silly would it be to, to watch them do that? Or even worse, to see them with no weapon to fight off the enemy. My youngest son, he likes to play Fortnite. Any Fortnite players? Or are we all beyond that now? Okay. So we're all older than that. <laughs> One of the first thing he does is he glides down, finds a place 
rips the roof off of a building with his pickaxe that doesn't look like a pickaxe, but anyways, I'm old. So, so he rips through the building. He, what is he looking for? He's looking for a weapon because a pickaxe isn't going to cut it. He wants to reach out and touch something or someone. So he wants something with a little bit more distance than just a close combat type of thing. Now, we might think it's kind of funny, okay, you know, silly watching someone run around trying to hold up their, their, their pants looking for a, a, a weapon in the heat of a battle. Yeah, I'd like to go as far as that some of us might be doing that if we're skipping out on our daily devotions. Come on now. Let's be real. I still love you. You can love me too. It's all right. Morning, noon, or night, doesn't matter what time we do it. Let's make sure we do it, though. Let's make sure we do it. Because we need the whole armor of God. And the weapon is the word of God. And our belt, the thing that's keeping us from not looking like a fool on the battlefield, is the belt of truth. And knowing his word is, is the truth, knowing the truth. And the third thing we can do is, is know who we're fighting against. Your battle is not against your roommate. Let me say that again. Your battle is not against your roommate. It's not against a teacher or a coworker. It's not against the RAs. Not even the deans. Believe it or not. Ephesians 6:12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we rest but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the in the heavenly places. If you're thinking that your fight is against a person or against a certain temptation, you're not truly fighting the cause. You're fighting a symptom, but you're not going after the root of the thing. You're not, you're not fighting that part. Now, I do want to balance this also by let's not be going around every single corner and looking for a demon either, okay? I'm just being real here, okay? Sometimes... Our poor decisions are the things we're fighting the most. We give a little bit more credit to the devil than he's actually due. Okay, Binge-watching Netflix instead of doing your homework might not be the best solution. That might be the best choice. I'm just going to put that out there. You don't need an exorcist. You just need the wisdom of the Lord. Right? No one? You want the exorcist instead? Okay, well, we can do that. In the name of Jesus. No. Wise choices. Wise choices. The fourth thing we can, way we can fight is Ephesians 6, 13 and 14. It says, therefore, take up again, it says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. Or, or, having all done, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore. Again, we're encouraged to take up that whole armor of God and, and, and so we can stand and stand firm. So in verse 11, we're, we're told to stand against the enemy. This means that to hold, uh, hold, bay, uh, hold at bay aggressively or to stand in front and opposition. In verse 12, it says to wrestle. And the word here means to engage oneself in hand-to-hand combat. The way that this word is actually translated is the person who wins is the person pinned, that pinned the other person down by the neck. Okay? That's how we're supposed to wrestle. Now, I know some guys are like, oh, let's try that in a tab meeting. No. No, we're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> Verse 13 then says that we can... Um, 
again, to stand. And that, that there, when, it, when it's saying to stand again, that is now he's saying, make sure you're standing after the battle too. We're going to stand before the battle. We're going to wrestle. We're going to stand after the battle too. You stand up after the battle is done. You look around and see who's with me. Did we win? And then verse 14 is again standing. And and in other words, to take the stand for the next battle. Just because we might have won a victory in our life doesn't mean it's over and it's never going to happen again. We need to be continually to be on guard, ready for that next battle. Just because you... uh, because, we st- uh, we, because we depended on God's strength and put his armor on, it's all done, right? No. Let's be on guard. Take that stance and ready for the next thing that's going to come along. There are different times when we're in our life that we're called to stand, but, and, and stand and fight, but then there's other times that we're called to flee. And I believe the Lord wants us to mature in our faith that we don't have to flee from everything but know when to fight and when to flee. Because sometimes, and I'm just going to put this out there, sometimes fleeing can actually be fighting. We tend to associate fighting with bravery and flight with cowardness. But I don't, I don't see that in the Word of God. Now, sure, there, are, there might have been some cowards who did flee and everything, but what we're looking at here, I mean, let's look at the physiological reaction to fight or flight. They're the exact same. Dilated pupils is the first one that happens. In times of danger, your body is prepared uh, itself to be aware of its surroundings. The dilation of the pupil allows more light in and, and as a result, better vision of your surrounding that is happening, both for fight or for flight. Your pa- a pale or flushed skin, your body will, um, your blood will flow to, the sur- flow to the surface areas of your body to re- reduce the flow to the muscle, to, I'm sorry, and reduces while flow increases to the muscle, the brain, the legs, and the arms. It increases. So your skin might look a little flushed because what's happening is that, that fight or flight mentality is saying either we're, we're going to duke it out or we're going to run away, but whatever, my muscles need more energy to be able to go with that and everything. And, and the, the, body, um, the body's blood clotting ability also increases to prevent the excess blood loss in the event of an injury automatically, as soon as you get into a stress situation that is either fight or flight, doesn't matter which way it's going to be, your body does this. The next thing that happen, can happen is, is a rapid heart rate and breathing. Your heartbeat and respiratory rate increase to provide the, blood, uh, the body with energy and oxygen needed to fuel rapid response to danger. And then last thing, that can, and, and, and another thing that can happen is trembling your muscles, uh, the muscles tend to become primed for action, which may cause trembling or shaking. The exact same thing if you're going to run away or if you're going to duke it out. The exact same thing. Be it fight or flight, the reaction is the same. Sometimes we can declare, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but what if Christ hasn't strengthened you in that area yet? Right? What if you have not received that victory and say, oh, I can do this because God will strengthen me. See, unless we are willing to die to our flesh 
Something really popular these days, by the way. Dying to flesh, it's awesome. That was sarcasm. It's tough. Unless we're willing to change the way we live until we can give up that sinful nature and those desires, we can quote any scripture we really want. It's just quoting it, though, until we can actually live it, until we can actually let it apply into our lives. Once we are able to submit our lives to the whole word of God, then Christ can strengthen us because we are relying on his strength now, not our own. First Timothy 6.11 says, But for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteous, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. See, Paul is warning Timothy not to fall into a trap here if you're looking at the whole context, he's, he's warning Timothy not to fall into the trap of going into ministry for money. How many people know that that's not the place to go to for money? God is our provider, okay? But, there, but at that time, there were people saying, you know what, I, if I say this and do this, I can get some riches and gains and everything like that. And Paul ended up going as far as saying that the love of money is the root of all evil. Not the love of money, but the, not love, no, not money itself, but the love of money is the root. And then he tells them to flee those things. What I find interesting, though, is that verse 11 tells him to flee, and then verse 12 says to fight the good fight that we just looked at a few minutes ago. So is it fight or is it flight? Which one is it? Both. Both. See, Paul, to me, he's a rock star. I'm telling you, they, like this, this might ruffle some feathers and that's okay. I can pray for you later. But, uh, I mean, there, there's Jesus. He's the original Superman, right? You know? And then there's Paul. Uh, these other disciples, they did some awesome stuff, but I mean, Paul, man, he, he went through it all and, and where most of us would give up, and then all those things that he went through, he calls light affliction. Light affliction. Are you kidding me? But this boy, he knew how to fight. He had no give up in him. He was whipped, beaten with rods, stoned, and that's like rocks being thrown at you until they think you're dead. It's not what we think is stone nowadays, but like rocks being thrown at you, okay? <laughs> until they think you're dead. He, uh, he was imprisoned, shipwrecked. He was on trial multiple times. He had no stop in him. He kept on going. You imprison me, I'll write letters. You set me free, you know, and then they tried setting him free a couple times. Okay, well, you just go off the site. Wait, no, no, I'm a Roman citizen. You did something not right. You know, he, he had no back down on him. And yet he had the wisdom to realize that some situations were best to fight and flee. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13. It says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks he can stand take heed unless he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with, that, with the temptation, he will also provide a way to escape. Escape for all of, right? Looks a lot the same. That you may be able to endure it. See, Paul is saying here is that you may have gotten the victory before, 
But let's not say like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good now. I had a, when I was at, here at Elam, I had a professor explain it like this. And I'll be nice and say, we only have five strongholds in our life. That was kind. We get victory in this one. And we get victory in this one. And this one. And this one. And this one. We, we got victory in this. But the thing is, is that our enemy is not creative. It says that no temptation is, is um, not common. That is not common. We're not overtaken by a temptation that is not common to man. So our enemy's not creative. He cannot create things. And so he'll go from five back to one. And you're like, man, I thought I had victory in this. And that's where we need to continue to take guard over that, have that stance. He'll go to one, then to three, then to two, then to five, then, then, then to four. He'll bounce around in those different things. And just because we won that round, praise God, we won that round, we are experienced freedom, doesn't mean that we should have this, okay, I got this now. But we take that stance again and be ready to fight that again. And then in verse 13, it says that, the, that temptation is common to us, but God gives us a way out to escape it. Escape, fleeing. And then in verse 14 of Corinthians 10, it says, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Run away from it. Don't even play around with the idolatry. Flee from it. First, uh, First Corinthians 6, 18. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. 2 Timothy 2.22 So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Fleeing temptation isn't just a, a sex or a lust thing. Fleeing temptation is fleeing anything that might tempt you to take the place of Jesus in your life. Some things that I kind of came up with that, that might be common temptations for us. Stress eating. What? I rebuke that, Pastor Tim. I was hungry. All the pressures of all the classes, of all the papers I have to read, didn't do anything in me. <laughs> Listen, you need to eat. Eating is healthy. It, it is good. I encourage you to do it in a healthy manner. But what I, what I do want to encourage you is to flee the temptation to eat, to fill a void. Doing this, we usually do it with junk food, okay? And, and if, if that junk food will make you fill a void, you'll become the thing that fills a void. You know, freshman 15 is a real thing, okay? If you haven't figured that out, just... Be watchful of that. But are you going to food to calm what's in you, or are you going to the one who calms a storm? Another thing that we can be tempted with is social media. Can I tell you a secret? It's all fake. What are you? No, I, I, I do truth. Yeah, you do truth of your good days, but what about your bad days? And let's be honest, who's going to read the bad days? I don't. You know, once in a while I might see someone that had, you know, share a testimony of their struggle. I don't think it's the most appropriate. Maybe it is, I don't know. 
But most of the time, we're always we're we're we're, we're putting on the perfect thing, the best move, the the you know the best thing, and and we only use the filters that take off the blemishes off of our face. Flee the temptation. Flee that temptation to to compare yourself with others, with someone who appears to be perfect. God alone is perfect. We have our flaws. But I, I'm just, physical flaws. I look different than Dominic. He's thinking, praise God. Amen, brother. (laughs) You shouldn't sit in the front seat. Uh, I think I picked on you last time too. Sorry about that. (laughs) What we see as flaws, God sees as uniqueness because he's a creative God. If everyone looked exactly the same, how boring would life be? Another another thing that we um, can be tempted in is images. Looking at images. And this can be included with social media, but perhaps you're tempted to look at images and compare yourself with others. How great their food looks versus our cafeteria food, which I actually like, but, you know. (laughs) Not everyone shares my sentiments, but okay. But maybe you're looking, maybe your struggle is looking at other images that are more questionable of other people, exploiting body parts or something like that. Here's another encouragement or secret that I would have for you. It's fake. It's fake. Most professional images are completely fake. They're completely doctored up. The thing that we're looking at, lusting at, comparing ourselves at, is something that's completely unattainable. You cannot look like that, that picture, because it's fake. They doctor it up in some way, make the neck look longer, eyes bigger, lips more plump, perfect complexion. Every time, it does not happen. With the technology on our phones and our cameras, different uh, tools on our social media that you don't even have to, it doesn't even have to be a professional picture anymore. I want to encourage you at some time today, not right now, to Google Dove Reverse Selfie Campaign. I really appreciate the Dove Corporation. I don't know where they are in their walk with the Lord. But they are out there to help people be more secure in their own skin. And this one that you're gonna that I said to Dove reverse self uh, reserve re, reverse selfie campaign will show a picture of this girl who's roughly she doesn't look 13, but after it's done, she looks 13. And it shows this woman that looks like she could be in her 20s. And it shows how she reverses all the ways that she made her hair more curlier and her complexion great and her eyes bigger and her lips plumped and all this, her neck longer and all, all this stuff that she did to make it just absolutely perfect. It's fake. Let's be real. Let's be real. Another way we can fight a temptation or, or flee a temptation is how we dress. Whoa, Pastor Tim, you're messing with my social media, you're messing with the images I look at, now my attire, really? I want to encourage all of us to flee the desire to draw people in by a carnal nature. 
See, this is honestly, I believe, is, is a cancer to our society, and I know this is heavy. But this is a cancer to our society. That we watch people in the movies, we, we see TikTok videos or whatever, and, and whatever condition we think that we should act like that, we should be like that, and then we wonder why we're treated a certain way. Why we are treated like we're expendable. Why? Because we have been taught that we are that way. Hollywood lied to you. Every single one of you. Okay? I know from firsthand experience that when a person is mad and you try to kiss them to shut them up, they will not appreciate it. Okay? James Bond failed me. Okay? He failed me. And I got called out on it when we watched it one time. She's like, that's where you got that. I'm like, maybe. It's worth a try. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. This is huge in my book because it isn't just for you ladies. And that's why I'm trying like, not to focus in ladies, you know, focus and look at you the whole time. You right there. Because I like to pick on you and make you, make you stressed out a little bit. Love you, Maya. But this is for our brothers too. This is for our brothers too. Men, you can protect your sisters in Christ just as much as you women can protect your brothers in Christ. But everyone else is doing it. This is, this is what's popular nowadays. Romans 12 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and per- acceptable and perfect. I think this is a huge struggle for us, to be in the world but not of it. We can flee the temptation to draw others by the way we dress or the lack of what we wear. And we can also flee the temptation to look at those things and give attention to where it should not be due. Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatever you want, for whoever, whatever one sows, that he will reap. What are we sowing? What are we sowing? What images are we portraying? Flee the temptation to resist or to rely on your assets, if I would, and to draw people in instead of your personality for the mutual love and calling on your lives. Run from that temptation. Proverbs 10, or, uh, 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs to it and are safe. Run to the Lord. Flee that temptation. Stay away from the line of no return. It is such a thing. We are not strong enough. Guys and gals. Proverbs 4, uh, 14 and 15 says, Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the, of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it. Pass uh, or, or turn away from it and pass on. So many times we think, you know what? I, I have this victory in my life, so I can go over here now where I couldn't before because I'm strong in Christ now. I have this victory. But what Paul is saying, what other scriptures are saying is, he says to flee from it. Get away from it. 
I'll encourage anyone, and I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record or some people, but I encourage if that's your line there, this is your new line over here. That if you do fall, if you do stumble, oh, I'm safe. Because God's going to give you that out. But once our own carnal nature and our carnal desire, as we get closer and closer, it's like, ooh, but I really want it. Ooh, I do want another piece of cake. Ooh, those cookies are good. Ooh, those pictures. All of a sudden, I'm beyond the line, and now I'm just, where am I at then? Now I'm dealing with, oh, I'm a failure. I failed again. God isn't going to want to use me. No, he does want to use you, and he wants you to stay away from it, to flee it, to not go by it, to avoid it. Don't even, uh, Proverbs says, avoid it. Don't go on it. Turn away from it pass, uh, and pass on. The Holy Spirit is in each and every one of you. If you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, there has been a measure of the Spirit given to you. And I say a measure because I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and that there's another level, if you would, or we're just more aware of that indwelling in us, maybe would be a better way to say it. Yet when we ask Jesus into our life, we have, given, we have been given his spirit. And with our spirit in us, he will speak to you. Sister Sylvia, Sylvia Evans, where I believe most of us know, she said something very profound in, in one of the classes I took from her. She says, the more you listen to the spirit, the more you'll hear him. And the less you listen to the spirit, the less you'll hear him. And it's kind of like, well, of course, because if I'm not listening to him, of course I'm not going to hear him. But that's not the point. The point was, the more you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the more audible he is to you. The more, the, the more that, that, that internal mm, is for you. See, I so many times wish that the Holy Spirit would say, don't do it. But other times it's just like a, mm-mm, that's it. It's just a, mm-mm, we kinda, I get it right in here, I feel. Kind of just like, mm-mm, don't do it. And then other times I hear a, mm-hmm. Now, what's the difference between mm-mm and mm-hmm? Not much. Not much, I'm telling you. But the thing is, is the more I listen to the mm-mm or the mm-hmm, the more louder that becomes. The more I know what the difference between the mm-mm and the mm-hmm. I had a pastor friend. He, uh, he was at a stoplight one day, and he's looking at this piece of land. Uh, I, I think he lives uh, Bronson, Missouri, I believe he lives in. And he, and he looked at this land for sale, and, uh, and he felt the Holy Spirit go, mm-hmm, that was it. And he's like, mm-hmm, what do you mean, mm-hmm, Lord? I mean, th- this land, it's, 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 no, nothing could be built on it. It's on the side of a hill. I mean, what, what, what is that? And every time he would drive by that piece of land, we'd always hear, mm-hmm, and that's it. And he just like, wow, this is, this is crazy. I don't, I don't understand it. So one day the land finally sold. And then the person that bought that land sold it to the developer for a few million dollars. And they built this huge complex on it and everything. And then the guy's like, oh man, I missed it, I missed it. And then one day he's at the same stoplight again and he looks over at that land and the Holy Spirit goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like, you should have listened. The more we hear, the more we'll hear him. The less we listen, the less we'll hear him. Listen to the Spirit inside of you. 
He will tell you when to fight, and he will also tell you when to flee. But it's up to you to take that action. It's up to you to be able to say, you know what? You're giving me an out way before I hit the accident. Let me follow that guiding. Let me take that exit. Let me take that escape route that we can be free in him and continue to grow in faith and fight that faith another day. Amen? Let me pray over you. Yes. Did everyone hear that? Cool, okay. Let me pray over you. Lord, I thank you for this time of stretching that that we can know that you are not against us. I thank you for giving us the armor and the tools to be able to fight this the, the, the fight of faith. You've given us everything we need, Lord. I ask that you allow us now to apply it to our lives. I am so thankful, Lord, that um, you give us that out every time that temptation comes, that we can flee that. Father, I ask right now for the strength and the desire for everyone listening to me today that there, uh, there will be a heart shift from dancing that line of temptation to fleeing it that they can stand and continue to fight the fight of faith. We thank you, Lord, all for your kingdom, all for your glory. Amen.